Namaso. We return again to the meditative cultivation of compassion, and this time attending to the kind of the ground level, the deepest level, attaining to the suffering of conditioned phenomena. But of course, conditioned by what? Conditioned by ignorance. Bottom line, conditioned by ignorance. And again, the liturgy, I find it so meaningful. This, why couldn't we all be free of suffering and the causes of suffering? May we be free. May I free us. May I be so enabled. May I be blessed I could be enabled to do so by the Guru, the Deity. It's not simply about this grasping onto our own skandhas, our own body and mind, this I and mind. Of course, it's broader than that. As we can see, much, much broader. In the Dzogchen context, it really is this, or Zunzin, this dualistic grasping, this dualistic grasping of viewing that which is outer, other people, the environment, everything around us is being really outer. And oneself is really inner, reifying both the bifurcation and then feeling, oh, I'm surrounded by this ocean of suffering. Oh, life is so difficult. Oh, samsara. Oh, samsara. As if it's happening to us, as if we're victims. As if we're victims. But if we consider there are roughly seven billion human beings, let alone all the animals and other kinds of sentient beings that are on this planet, if we consider just the seven billion human beings on this one planet, one planet around one sun out of, oh, what is it, 200 million, 200 billion? 200 billion or so stars in this galaxy, 100 billion galaxies. But just focusing on our little no- local neighborhood, this planet, as there are 7 billion human beings, there are 7 billion universes. Because this is really the core message of the Dzogchen uh, view, is that everything we're experiencing, rang nang, rang nang, our own appearances, our own appearances, we have created, each of us individually created, so seven billion people, seven billion universes. So on the one hand, going deeply into Buddhist worldview, the seeds of karma from the past, our own karma from the past, maturing in the present, we're experiencing the harvest of our own, of the seeds we've sown in the past. But coming right into the present moment again, what's arising from moment to moment to moment? is all arising in relationship to our own conceptual designations. William James again, for the, for the moment, what we attend to is reality. So seeing, when we raise that issue, why couldn't we be free? Why couldn't we be free? There's really no reason, from this, from, the, from this view, there's really no reason everybody couldn't be free if we simply understood what was going on. And that is just the ability to direct the attention means that as we direct our attention, so does that reality rise up to meet us. And and the manner in which we attend, that's how the reality rises up to meet us. So it's not just that we're under, under this inex, inexorable pressure, this great boulder of past karma crushing us down, you know, some great big machine. But rather from moment to moment to moment, we are now, right now, creating the world. We're making our own measurements. We're asking our own questions. 
and the world is rising up to re- in, in response to the questions we are posing right now. It's not just the past. This is why there are people who become free in this lifetime, liberated in this lifetime, and they don't have to experience all the karma from the past. They're just liberated right now. I'll just leave with one metaphor. It's a, it's a parable. I want to get back to meditation, but it's really one of the great parables. It sounds so familiar because it has oh, crops up in multiple cultures. It's the parable of the the foolish young prince. You'll find parallels in other traditions. But here it is. Foolish young prince. There was once a wise king. He had a son. The son was something of a dope. Teenager, probably. I think he's a teenager. It's kind of tends to be, that, from my experience, that tends to be a rather dopey phase. And so one day, and he was the crown prince. He was the one in line for the, for, for the throne. But one day, a, an illusionist came to town. So, you know, a real illusionist. He could just conjure up illusions out of magic, you know, out of samadhi and so on, like that. And so the prince was very eager to see this, the, this, the show. It was going to be a spectacle, like the circus coming to town. Okay? But it was an illusion. He's showing all these fantastic things. And so off he went off with his entourage and so forth. And, but the illusion was just brilliant. It was just a fantastic display. It was mesmerizing. And the young prince Jack was so entranced by it, I mean really mesmerized by the illusions being created, that he just totally got into it. And somehow he separated himself from the entourage that were there to protect him, look after him, and so forth. Separated. And so then finally when the illusionist finished his work and he went home, packed up his bags, the prince looked around. And he's gotten so caught up in all the illusions, he'd forgotten who he was. And there was no one around him he knew. He was utterly bewildered. Like, what? I just suddenly struck my amnesia and didn't have even a clue. That's it. Just like, how did I, where am I? How did I get here? Who am I? I mean, it was a blank slate, but blank slate. And he didn't know where to go. And so he wandered around for a while, and after some time he just saw some some homeless people, some beggars wandering around. They seemed to be as lost as he was, and so he kind of joined up with them. And said, can I, can I, I'm hungry, you guys know where to get some food? He said, yeah, we beg, <laughs> you know, so if you want to join us, sure, well, you know, why not? And so he joined the beggars, and they went out and they managed to get a bit of scrap here and a scrap there. And the days went by, and this young guy still didn't remember who he was. But he got, kind of got into the routine. He can beg as well as anybody. And so they went from here to here, and the days went by, the weeks went by. Meanwhile, back at the palace, the king, the whole palace, they're going, they're going crazy. They lost the crown prince. How, you know, I, I don't know what happened to the entourage, but they probably made her chewing out, you know. But they were frantic, you know. They had they had no king in line. They, you know, where's the prince? Where's the prince? They sent out search parties, couldn't find him anywhere. In the meantime, the days, the weeks are going by. The royal garments of the prince are just turning into rags. He's sleeping on the ground. He's sleeping outside, eating garbagey food and so forth. After a while, a rather short time, he doesn't look any different from the from the other beggars, just wandering around trying to. You know, scoff up a little food here and there, finding some place, some protection from the elements when they wanted to get the night's sleep. So, weeks went by, months went by, and after a while, the, the beggar, rather after a rather short time, the beggar figured out who he was. 
He was a beggar. He lived like a beggar. He looked like a beggar. Everybody around him was a beggar. He knew how to live a beggar's way of life. And so finally he kind of felt comfortable with what he was doing. He came, I, I, I was amnesiac, but at least now I know who I am. I'm a bum. And so there he was, and eventually he was doing his own, you know, getting good at begging. And uh, came to one rather nice-looking house, quite rich. And thought, maybe they could spare a meal. So he knocked on the door, you know, ready to say, Oh, Master, can you give me a bit of food? You know, bakshish, bakshish. And the man who comes out, he's clearly the master of the house. And, he, and the, be- the beggar, oh, good. I feel probably give me something. You know? And the master looks at him. And it turns out the master is the chief minister of the king. He takes one look at the prince, and even through all his grubbiness and his crummy clothes and so forth, he recognizes him immediately. And he, as soon as he sees him, he says, Prince, you've come back. Fantastic. Wonderful to see you. Welcome. What happened? Your Highness, Your Highness. You know. And the, of course, the prince is freaking out. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. All I wanted was a bowl of soup, a little bit of bread. You know, don't do the princey thing with me. I don't, I, I don't know what you, I don't know what your agenda is. Don't ridicule me. You know, I know I'm just a bum, but prince, pinion, okay. I get the joke. Ha ha. Some bread or no bread. You know, give me a break here. And the minister says, no, you're actually the prince. You're really the prince. And I said, come on, give me a break. All I want is some bread. I don't want jokes. You know. And then the minister saw that, oh, He's not joking. The prince is not joking. He really doesn't get it. So the minister, no, he can't just cajole him. He can't just force him. What good that would do anybody, you know? But he's a wise minister. And so he figured, how can I break through this young guy? He thinks he's a beggar. He's totally immersed in that sense of who he is and the world that he's living in. He's living in a beggar's world. And then the minister being a very wise minister. It occurred to him, ah, I know how to do it. So he said, oh, 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 I, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry. Uh, of course you're just a beggar. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Uh, but sit here for a minute, I just, before I give you something, you know, some grub, some, some, some scraps, um, I just have some questions I'd like to ask you. So you're a beggar, are you? He said, yeah, I'm a beggar, thanks. Yeah. Good, um, who are your parents? I'm very, very interested. Who are your parents? Where were you born? And who are your kids? Where, where did you grow up? Who, who are the kids you knew when you were growing up? Uh, tell me about yourself. But before you were born, in your life. and the the prince thought back, and it was strange. He, he couldn't remember. He couldn't remember how he became a beggar. He couldn't remember, you know, what point in his life was he born that way? Did he become that way? Family tragedy, economic loss, his parents, childhood friends. The kind of things that he he knew he should be able to remember, he couldn't. And he kept on going back and said, I should be able to answer these questions, these fair questions. And the more deeply he probed in, when did I become a beggar? When did I become a beggar? And then suddenly, he recognized who he was. That there, have, there was, there was no point at which he become a beggar, because he wasn't a beggar; he was a prince. And he recognized who he was. And as soon as he recognized, the minister said, "Welcome, welcome, your highness. Please come in." 
We'll prepare a banquet for you. In fact, we're ready to enthrone you. The king wants to sit down. And in an instant, he was enthroned. became a king. So if you looked at it from the side of the beggar, you would say, but, oh, what hope is there? He's a beggar, he has no skills, blah, blah, blah. No hope, right? And yet as soon as he recognized who he was, in that instant he was free. So Dzogchen is something like that. There's a long, 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 long road of all the things we have to do to purify us poor beggars wandering around in samsara. Or there is also the possibility of just focusing inwards. Where did my mind arise from? This poor, samsaric, pathetic, beggar-like mind of mine that is so afflicted by suffering and mental affliction and five obscurations and 84,000 mental afflictions, (laughs) six root afflictions and how many? Twenty secondary afflictions and all my negative karma. (sighs) Or you can just wake up. Get over it. And realize who you really are. And then in that instant, you awaken. So, let's arouse compassion for ourselves, that we can all awaken, and by awakening be more and more able to help others awaken and to be free. Thank you for noticing. Um, Philip will take a little bit of time off. I've encouraged him to this morning. Just a bit of time off. That's the best practice for him right now. So he'll come back when he's ready, but I'm very much in, in touch with him. Okay? Thank you for noticing. Settle the body, speech, and mind in the natural state. Set yourself at ease, comfort, and relaxation.
arouse your attention and direct it to yourself, to your own situation, your own life and existence. Open your awareness to the full spectrum, the whole range of suffering to which you are vulnerable. The blatant suffering, the suffering of change. One could all existential suffering. Stemming from delusion, remedying with wisdom. And with not only the wish, the aspiration to be free of suffering and its causes, but arousing the resolve, the commitment, the sense of responsibility, I shall make it so. Go right to the core, the very root of suffering, of grasping onto that which is not I or mine, as being I or mine, thus deluding ourselves out of ignorance. But as we release that delusion, release all manner of grasping, then attend to what is left over. Identifying your own true nature, your own face, pristine awareness, and thereby in an instant realizing this primordial freedom, the freedom that was already there, already your birthright, so close, so immediate, so within reach. Each in-breath arouses aspiration, may be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. Imagine the darkness of ignorance and delusion being drawn in and extinguished in the light of your heart with every in-breath and imagine becoming free. If you wish, with each in-breath, you may call upon the blessings of all the enlightened ones to help you awaken so that you may help others to awaken.
imagine being free. And literally imagine or visualize being free. Imagine your form, not as flesh and bone, a product of karma. Imagine your form as one of pure light, radiant, brilliant, pure white light. It may be in an, an archetypal form, such as Avalokiteshvara. It may be in your own form. But imagine yourself right now, your body, speech and mind, being utterly pure, utterly free, and being an embodiment of compassion. Radiant light. With each, with each out-breath, breathe out this light emanating from every pore of your body, emanating from its nucleus, from your heart. Breathe out this light of compassion, letting your attention rove at will. Imagine with each out-breath the suffering and the causes of suffering evaporating away and liberation being found.
Imagine all becoming free, being free, awake. Then release all appearances and release all distinctions of enlightened and unenlightened, of subject and object, and all the other fabrications of the intellect. Let your awareness rest non-conceptually in its own luminously pure nature. Enjoy your day.